Welcome to Reality Bites Radio on the 16th of July 2015. Uh, delighted to have Alan Watt back again. And today we're going to be talking about well, what is basically social engineering in terms of uh, what's now normal that wasn't normal in the past. And, um, you know, I mean, it covers all areas of uh, life, I guess. But uh, there was a lot of chat in the, the chat box earlier and during the week as well about the smoking ban. Now, there's, there's a nice simple one to start with. Um, it used to be normal for, to see people smoking, and it still is in parts of Europe, Eastern Europe particularly, and uh, now you're seen as a pariah if you smoke. Now, I've, I've, I've never smoked in my life, I know, I know you smoke, uh, or you did smoke, I don't know if you still do, um, but uh, you know, you're treated like a pariah if you smoke. I mean, myself, I've got no problem with it. If I, if I want to go to a bar and it was full of smoke, I wouldn't go in, I'd just go somewhere else. Yeah. You know, but, um, so, I mean, this, this phenomenon, I mean, we know Hitler was very anti-smoking. Um, is, is that where this, this kind of thing stems from? Not really, no. It's much, much older. It's just a, a part of reshaping the, the, everything that you think is normal. All of society, even going back, you get a lot of it in the French Revolution, and uh, where, where they tried to ch- even change the, the amount of days in a week and all this kind of thing, and, the, and how many hours you'd work in a week, and, and the new week, and the, the new names of the months, and everything could be reshaped, because a long time ago... Um, some of the philosophers looked at what the system is that you're born into, and being the intelligentsia, they thought they could make it better to suit themselves naturally, uh, and that the masses simply accept and adopt into the culture which is given to them, uh, which is very, very true to an extent. Uh, but uh, they, they, go, they go way overboard with uh, what is basically normalcy. Um, there's even been movies put out about like Bananas, Woody Allen, where, uh, and it was actually, it wasn't that far off actually, the part in the movie where when they win the revolution in Latin America, uh, the dictator goes crazy and he says everyone must now speak Danish and you must wear your underwear outside your, your, your pants and things like that. There's also a movie called um, Land of the Blind that shows you something similar and it's more of a, a re- realistic kind of uh, theme to it too. This is an old idea uh, that they could always shape reality and train the public uh, from childhood onwards into any kind of new normalcy whatsoever uh, and run it properly, as they say. The elite always say properly, uh, in other words, to suit themselves. Um, no waste, uh, get maximum efficiency uh, out of the public because everything comes from the public, it's all work and labor and so on, and therefore uh, they'd have an efficient, workable society. And when it's overpopulated, they would make um, various other means of sexual gratification popular uh, so that they'd have no offspring. So between men and men, there's no offspring, naturally, and women and women. So therefore, uh, that would bring down the population. In times of massive warfare, uh, they allow promiscuity. Uh, you'll always find that even in World War Two, out comes the, the kind of, uh, uh, was it that jitterbug and all the rest of it, get all the youngsters into it, uh, live today, you might die tomorrow, uh, and just uh, procreate. So you breed up for warfare, and you breed down when, when you've got a, a, a global society. Eventually in a global society, if there's no more warfare, and you've eradicated all the dissidents within the countries, uh, then uh, you could bring the populations right down for maximum efficiency. And we're going through all that today. And, of course, it's taught through emotive topics and long-term brainwashing. 
uh, you can go into the writings of uh, the Frankfurt School, they went into it in great detail what they would bring about, and much of it has actually happened, right down to uh, destroying all in sexuality that would be normal, and even uh, eradicate this whole idea of the dignity and value of human life, uh, eradicate it completely, and for the children, uh, they make anything normal right down to necrophilia. And we're pretty well almost at that stage today. So this has all been well orchestrated by very powerful groups that were funded by the global elitists and, uh, and even set up and given permission to put this into the culture through entertainment and media and so on and put out grants by governments for novelists, all that kind of thing. Uh, and and also get, also writing up the, the curriculums to be taught in schools. That's been going on steadily since about the 50s, uh, speeding up in the 60s, and really on a roll today, yeah. It's an old idea. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the, well, the, the modern uh, part of it is the, the television culture, the, the movies and everything, uh, the, yeah. the novels, as you say. And uh, I remember back when the, the Jimmy Savile thing broke in the media in the UK, that uh, I, th- I think you were one of the first right away to say this has got nothing to do with Jimmy Savile. This is more to do with uh, normalising sex with children. And, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, of course, or maybe maybe not immediately because there was there was too much um, fuss about it. But um, you had female judges coming out um, saying that um, oh we should stop going after um, old men and uh, you know put the blame firmly on on the young girls where it belongs and things like that. And and there was a push towards lowering the age of consent, yeah. which which is what you you mentioned right away. I mean that's. And we're seeing it more and more mm-hmm. uh, in recent times. Again, yeah. they're bringing up paedophilia and and similar similar kind of contexts. Mm-hmm. That uh, you know, stop stop going after these actors and uh, these celebrities. They're they're not to blame. It's the the young girls and boys throwing themselves at them, kind of thing. It's kind of you know, blame the victim. Yeah. And I hear nobody saying, "Hold on a minute," you know, what's going on here? Um, and I. I I remember getting a story from somebody talking about their daughter going to school. Now, she was in high school, so she was, you know, 14, 15. And uh, she went to school one day with a sh- with a, a skirt which was above her knee. And uh, she was sent home with a note to her mother. And she was told that she wasn't to bring her daughter to, to school again unless she had a skirt that went below her knee because it was too much of a distraction to the male teachers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep, yeah. Now, I mean, what kind of teachers are they employing? Well, yeah, and that's the whole thing. You see, incrementally uh, through uh, generations, uh, they, they push the envelope. They simply make things more acceptable and tolerant and so on until eventually after about three, uh, gen- even, even after 40 years, you can have a, uh, a mother there and her child and maybe even a grandmother there watching stuff on the, the, to do with the soaps, which are just soft porn and, and so on today or Fifty Shades of Grey or whatever, and no one gets embarrassed. But if you go back prior to the 1950s, uh, pretty well everyone who was sitting watching that kind of thing would have been uh, completely embarrassed or shocked or whatever. So the shock value uh, gets eliminated uh, as time goes on, and and uh, because it's in everything that you see, of course, and everything you hear and so on, um, a common technique of pushing the envelope is initially always through comedy, and in comedy shows on television, two men or whatever it happens to be living together, that kind of thing. And then the next step will be, of course, uh, into the paedophilia, be uh, men and children or, or women and children too, because that goes on as well. And um, 
and, that, and eventually that will be no great shock to anyone at all. In another 20 years' time, that will be all quite acceptable. There will be no such word, in fact, as pedophilia uh, with its connotations of today. Like everything else, which is... Um, um, bad connotations or meant something nasty in, in the past to certain groups. Uh, it will be eliminated, like the flag of the, the South is getting eliminated in the States right now. John Dewey, who was often, again, from, uh, he came over from uh, Germany and so on, he was a part of the Frankfurt Group too, I believe, and he said that everything that caused dissension in the past to any particular group uh, will be simply be eliminated from the history books altogether, uh, and uh, that's what you'll see uh, down the road. Um, and you, and the next generation will be taught after that that pedophilia was always a, a very popular thing amongst intelligent intelligent people, which will make it trendy. You see, uh, they'll give it the pop appeal, you might say, and and that will be quite normal. But uh, they've been quite open about this. I mean. Back, I used to think that the censorship boards that countries had when I was young, I thought, well, they're there supposedly to keep your culture pretty well intact, to stop deviancy from ruining it and, and uh, causing crime and all the rest of it, and, and um, all that kind of thing. And then when you grow up and you realize, no, they have international meetings of the censor boards. Back in 2001, in fact, before 9-11 happened, uh, they had one, and it was to push the envelope. And the next day after the meeting, a professor in Canada and a professor in the U.S., and it was like the same, actually almost identical write-ups in newspapers, separate newspapers. They both came out and said that now won the battle by an acceptance for homosexuality in the mainstream culture industry, I mean television and so on, movies. Uh, the next step will be uh, bestiality and uh, and, and uh, the right for intergenerational uh, sex, which is paedophilia. You know, so uh, you understand everything you think is there for one reason has got a different and opposite reason generally from what you're taught to believe or you, or you, you become to assume to believe. Because a lot of things you understand, you, you simply assume things. Uh, the, the, the agencies don't come out and tell you exactly uh, what their role really is. You assume this is what they're for, like the, the drug, various drug enforcement things and so on, or, or the, or the um, FDA in the States. Um, uh, you think it's there to protect you, but it's there to, to promote all the different drugs and, and the various chemicals and poisons you add to the food. Uh, they're opposite to what you, you assume uh, because of the names that they give them. They give them people-friendly uh, names, which makes you feel safe and secure. Uh, so uh, anything can get promoted in society. That's the bottom line. And if you go into the Macy group, the Frankfurt School, uh, the Fabian groups, all funded by the same top uh, boys who run the world's economy and money system, uh, left wing and right wing, they run them all. Uh, the Fabian Society, especially on the window, the glass stained glass window that they have for their founding of the group, they have, I think it was George Bernard Shaw uh, and H.G. Wells standing next to an anvil, a blacksmith's anvil with uh, the globe of the world. And they're smashing it into shape, the proper shape, not meaning the world itself, but everything that goes with the world, all our perceptions, our understandings, our beliefs, our customs, habits and traits and all the rest of it, which they could 
completely be made anew, you see. So we're, we're going through that big role right now, in fact, the culmination of this, because this is what they said the 21st century would be the century uh, for change, uh, where all of these very old plans would be completed in, in that 100 years, and we're living through it now. Yeah. Well, in terms of the, the paedophilia, of course, you mentioned that, that it would no longer be a crime. Well, I mean, the, the EU... The European Union wants no age of consent, so in effect, yeah. it's, it's doing away with uh, the, the crime of paedophilia, and and what will be called it. I think uh, somebody's put in the chat about intergenerational love. They call it, mm-hmm. or and they've got that um, the website, which I think has been recognised by the the UN and yeah. and the EU. Use the the man to boy or man boy love, yeah, yeah, man boy love that one, yeah. Well, it's uh, totally legitimised by the United Nations. So I mean, if anybody yeah. wonders uh, who's behind it, well, you know, they don't have to look very far. It's all out there. And in in terms of uh, the censorship boards, I had that written down here as well, and I think it's the British Board of Film Classification or whatever they call it. They keep keep changing the labels on these things Mm -hmm. uh, so that what was possibly, it was just a PG was parental guidance when I, when I was a child, and now it's, you've got 13 PG, 14 PG, 15 PG. I mean, what 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 good's parental guidance if you're telling them they can go at 13 anyway? It doesn't really make any difference. But um, you also mentioned that 50, 60 years ago, uh, people would have been embarrassed at watching the stuff that's on TV today. Well, I, I don't think they would have watched it at all. You know, they would. Have, I think the the television wouldn't have lasted very long if the stuff that was on it today was on 50, 60 years ago. And uh, as you say, everything's incremental, so and, and generational, and uh, you know that's that's just the way they do it. Um, also, the the violence, torture, war, that kind of thing is is promoted through the television, of course, and uh, the news outlets and and all the rest of it. Um, and people in general, I, I mean, you could talk about the paedophilia as well. Everything that goes goes on are just becoming totally apathetic to it. Oh yeah, sure, because it's also sadomasochism has been pushed big time and all the movies has been for years and I'm sure on television as well probably, but uh, uh, it's S&M is to destroy this whole idea of uh, love being a good thing and a survival thing because that's how we procreate and have the next generation and so on uh, that was to be eliminated in fact the Frankfurt School said back in the 50s and 40s they said that they would uh, destroy in the West, despite starting in the West, that was our main enemy. Um, they would destroy the whole uh, mating, bonding system between sex, which generally bond, has a bonding element to it. They would separate that completely until there was no more bonding and promiscuity would be the natural order. Uh, we're, we're there too, of course, with that. So they've been awfully successful in all, all of that. Yeah. They're teaching children, um, I think it was LifeSite News has a, a division maybe in Canada, but the, uh, one of the, the reporters there recently was lambasted by, I think, the Ontario Teachers Union because they, they went to some new uh, workshops to show teachers how to promote um, uh, sex in schools to children who are, I think, kindergarten age or just preschool age, uh, and very graphic as well. And he didn't condemn it, and apparently in the write-up, uh, he just simply reported what he heard and so on. And even the open, what he saw was his deception as, as how to teach it to the children. Uh, and uh, they, he was really lambasted for that. So um, it, they're on a roll with all of this. The, you understand that there are many, there's an army out there, you might say, in society, um, 
with the top leaders of NGOs and various union groups and all the rest of it, well paid by levels above them, which even their followers have no clue that they're being uh, that they're really operatives for this whole new society uh, and and world order system. World order means that it means everything that you you take as your reality is to be turned completely upside down and inside out. Uh, that's what it really, really means. It's not just who's ruling who anymore. It will always be the same rulers at the top in a global society, uh, with the wealthiest being at the top. Um, but uh, everything you take as normal, um, which I think the U.S. Constitution, for instance, they, they say that's which is self-evident. Uh, has to be turned upside down, etc., etc., and I say inside out as well. So that's what we're going through today. Uh, you wouldn't believe the things that are being taught to children today, and they always say you must get the youth. This makes perfect it makes perfect sense. You get the youth first, and for instance, I, I've watched the studies for years. Uh, they come out in newspapers. Uh, they come out in media. They're published. It's an open. It's not. It's well said. It's the open conspiracy. They publish what they what they find and so on. They just don't make a big deal about what the findings mean or why they're even doing these studies. But for years and years and years, they do the same studies every year in every country, uh, and they work it out in percentages. Of course, how many percentage, for instance, uh, would be all for say gay marriage, uh, and then they have it worked out to the different age groups that are against it. Uh, and and for it, and and of course the, the, you found the gap uh, from the, the recently educated, uh, say under twenty year olds, uh, almost all approving it. Uh, whereas about ten years ago, no, only, only about maybe sixty percent would approve it. Before that, or ten years before that, fifty percent would. So you always get to the youth first because anything can be promoted to not as normal by the techniques of scientific indoctrination which they're, 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 they're given in school. So you can reshape society, unfortunately, into any, any system at all. It doesn't mean it's natural, because uh, you have to look at nature itself to see what, why things are the way that they are in nature. And as far as paedophilia goes, if you went into the, a field and tried to pull a young rabbit out to the burrow and the mother is there, that little timid rabbit, that mother is going to bite your hand off if she can. Uh, that's a natural response of protecting their own offspring. When humans lo- lose that, that that natural tendency, which really is a very it should be a strong, strong tendency, um, then it's all over. Uh, and the state then truly is, as, as, as uh, Bertrand Russell says, they'll, they'll be in, solely in control of their cultural indoctrination. Yeah. Well, in terms of uh, nature itself, of course, that's that's been. Renormalized, if you like. Uh, what's what's normal in nature these days? Yeah. Uh, you know, we've got GMO crops are supposed to be marvelous. Uh, you know, everybody should be eating them and, and are eating them. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. um, you know, we have this nonsense of global warming and and any other any other topic which is natural to the world is being skewed off into some uh, you know movement or something yeah. uh, to to make us all believe that we are to blame for destroying it or something. Um, and, and people. Just accept it. And you mentioned, you know, indoctrinating children. Another thing that's been normalised is the 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 perpetual childhood syndrome, if you like. Yeah. Um, you know, grown men playing computer games in their forties, fifties. You know, things like that. And you wonder. I I I really don't know what goes on in their heads, to be honest. Um, yeah. But uh, 
some people sit in front of a computer for hours and hours and hours. You know, the whole the whole free time really doing this kind of thing, and they, they are perpetual children, and it must manifest in other other aspects of the life. Oh, oh, absolutely, it will and it does. Uh, against arrested development, and that was a, a system which they, they, they really thought they could push. Uh, after all, I mean, wisdom is something which, if the general public were, were to accumulate and, and come to not naturally by themselves, wisdom is it becomes an enemy to them. It's generally the elders in society, but that, I mean, over 30s were, used to be elders, uh, and they, they would stand up uh, with the intellects and the, and the wisdom and the knowledge that accumulated to combat things which were going to be destructive to society and themselves. Uh, if they can keep arrest development and keep, especially the males in that state, uh, then that could be eradicated. And then man or science would be directed to push for the next phase of evolution, as they call it. This is all part of the same movement that man now, like that movie Lucy, if you listen to the little intro, uh, that was given to it by Morgan Freeman and so on, uh, that man will be in charge of his own phase through science of his evolutionary leap. And that's what this is all comes together into, into the one thing. This is what they were pushing in the French Revolution, basically. Uh, and and uh, even ancient philosophers in Greece talked about similar things too. So um, it's that the intelligentsia, uh, are always pushing for for this ultimate revolution uh, for themselves to be in charge and run the world as they say properly. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of, I mean, I'm sure everybody's heard their parents at one time or another saying, uh, you know, children weren't the way you were uh, back in my day kind of thing. And then you get to, you know, 40s, 50s and you start thinking the same way and, and you realise your parents were right because they weren't the same. Um, and because of this process of uh, incremental um, rebranding of what's yeah. normal and what's not, yeah. um, and as you say, it's, it's it's just ongoing. Every I don't know, every what two three years or whatever, they, they keep changing the curriculum. It, it the Actually, you understand that you take through the Middle Ages and right through up into pretty well the twentieth century or twentieth century, uh, you didn't have that. You didn't have that uh, separation. In fact, the word teenager did not exist. Uh, you're a, a young person, a young man, or you're an adolescent. And what they did through the communist era too, because it's all part of the same big movement, was to uh, separate the generations. So that was very important. Because wisdom, again, the knowledge uh, of what really happened and how the world really was run was generally passed again through, through grandparents or parents to the children. And if they could separate the generations and keep each one separate and busy and apart from the other, uh, then, uh, then the state again would have free access and total control over all the time and information given to the children through media entertainment and education. And education, by the way, too, according to the Macy Group and uh, the Frankfurt School and so on, was simply another, it was, it was the main form of initial indoctrination for, for the system that they wanted to bring in. And we forget that too. Uh, so anyway, uh, through the Middle Ages and so on, b b b young guys would, would dress like their dads. There was no, there's no fashion industry for them. And they dressed like their dads, and uh, the same folk songs that all countries had uh, would be sung down through hundreds of years. 
It wasn't up until about the end of the, um, this, during after World War One, and then speeding up after, through World War Two, and then retaken off uh, with the U.S. television and movies in the, say, the, the late 40s, early 50s, with Elvis Presley, that whole generational gap. We're, we're now the new people. The, the old ones are irrelevant. Uh, you had the Who singing and talking about my generation and so on, things like that. It was to, to create this generational uh, gap between between the rest of them, so it's not a continuous flow of of generations growing up, becoming old, uh, having children beforehand, then dying off, and then the new. It was to separate the generations, so the new generation would be the ones who would do the work and be different. That was pushed and promoted from the very very top, uh, and through massive uh, indoctrination through education, media, movies, entertainment of all kinds, and so on. And it was awfully successful. And now it's on a roll. Now you have parents coming home at night if they're not watching TV, um, which again stops them from talking to their children. Uh, the children themselves are off in their own rooms with their own computers and do their own thing too. So uh, everyone's been separated electronically from the next group as well. And it's, it's perfect. Uh, they learn nothing. They're, they have arrested development. They're kept in perpetual infantilism, basically. And they don't mature. And that's a perfect society for control because then you have geriatrics who literally have nothing to say when they win, before they die except their favorite soap operas and movies and so on. That's all they can pass on. <laughs> yeah. You, you mentioned the Soviet system back then. Of course, um, destroying vocabulary, uh, you know, the political correctness yeah. is uh, another part of that and uh, as, as you say like if, if children or even adults now uh, they're on their, their text they're texting phones and stuff all day every day um, the, the, the language has been destroyed yes it's, it's, it's also called linguistic minimalism as they keep removing words and expressive and adjectives and so on from from normal vocabulary uh, until you, ca- that's that was the whole idea in 1984, written and published in 1948 by by um, Blair, that was um, Orwell, where he said that you know, that in his idea of a future, uh, they're sitting in their in their cafeteria at the workplace, and the guy says, "Oh, the new dictionary is coming out. Have you got a copy yet?" No, I don't. So it's, the old one was this thick. The new one is this thick. It's much thinner, of course. And it says when people don't have the vocabulary to express ideas and can't communicate ideas to each other, there can be no revolution or counter-revolution, you see. So that's, that's where you're going today. It's working very well. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, uh, I mean, I don't know, 20 years down the line or something, but we're going to see adults walking about unable to even speak to each other at all. Well, we already have that, in fact. If you listen to the jargon they have, these literally cannot express themselves and it was quite funny, uh, maybe 10, 15 years ago, I remember uh, going to someone's house and there was, there was an ad that would come on, uh, put out by the government, I think, uh, to do with the youngsters. And you see this guy about 16 bashing into the toilet, the, the washroom in the, in the school uh, and starting kicking the walls and everything. And, and literally the guy couldn't express why he was even angry. Now, if you can't express anything, it's going to make you angry. And I thought, how ironical this is. This is what they've been teaching them to be. And then they, want, then they want to give them psychiatric treatment when they can't express themselves. Well, it's a, an impasse, basically. They've got what they want. 
and the, the people cannot express themselves. Um, they're obsessed with sex, naturally. Again, that's part of the Arrested Development Syndrome. Men and women now uh, think that they should go out and be promiscuous to, to, until no one wants them anymore, and that's when they want to commit suicide, regardless of their age. Uh, that's their value, in a, in a sense. That's their outlet, and uh, they don't think about the intellectual gains that they could have or should have or, or the wisdom they could impart to each other, which is really... What life's about, apart from you know, again continuity, but um, uh, nothing comes out of their mate of their perpetual frequent mating. There's no offspring. There's nothing uh, to, to pass on their genes and, and say this is part of my my tradition, my family. My they have nothing. It's gone. And once it's gone, um, you only have the ones at the top who are incredibly well inbred. Believe you me. And uh, and they know why they must destroy all of that in you, all of your passing on of your genes. Yeah. Well, of course, another part of the, the Soviet system was um, declaring everybody mentally ill, and and now, I mean, I, I I don't know if there's everybody in America must know somebody who's on some kind of you know medication for depression yeah. or or whatever it is, and the ads on the TV here are like every ad break has a drugs commercial on it. And, you know, it doesn't matter. They'll, they'll tell you it's for, uh, you know, migraines or something. And then they'll list all the side effects and tell you it can kill you. Because, uh, you know, breathing problems, lung problems, uh, cancer, everything. Um, but people still go out and buy it. But, um, I mean, that, that in itself is a form of mental illness, surely. But um, pe- people, I, I suppose, you know, people are always suspicious of uh, priests, doctors. They're a natural kind of tendency to try and stay away from them as much as possible. Um but now it seems that you know the slightest thing wrong with you, you've got to get help from somebody. You can't you can't possibly help yourself. So it's I mean it's a, le- a le- learned helplessness. Mm-hmm. It, it is uh, again they planned that. You understand that the Frankfurt School, uh, working with the Macy Group and a lot of philosophers and Bertrand Russell and a whole group uh, of people involved in it, were given the right to create a whole new culture for the West after World War Two. The president of the U.S. signed them on as uh, part of the, the leaders for, for promoting of, and how to, to promote the culture industry. They were given millions and millions and millions of dollars for doing all of this. And so it was very deliberate. And, and that's what you have right now. They said they must train the public through advertising and bringing on what seemed to be um, knowledgeable and well-educated guests on television shows constantly as experts, then they would train them. They could eventually, they, they wouldn't be able to change a diaper as a mother without the advice of an expert. And, and they've done it. They've done it. Now, you can't watch a, a, um, a weather show without them telling you, there's an announcer standing with an umbrella, like the little picture, so you know it's going to rain, I guess, you know, if you're really, really dumb. Uh, then um, she's got an umbrella, I guess what better? It's going to be rain today. Uh, Experts, experts, experts for every darn thing. And again, they promoted this heavily through paid advertising, through all the magazines that women read too. Uh, women are more adaptable to change than men. 
and Bernays said that too. He worked with the Macy Group in Frankfurt School, by the way, and he he said that uh, women will, will definitely adapt much quicker than the men. So we'll put it in all their and the glossy magazines and give them women who are very successful that they'll look up to to follow. Uh, they'll they'll write the articles or at least their picture will appear there in the article, uh, and they'll they'll adopt that particular theme as their own and behaviour as their own. It's been awfully successful. Yeah. Well, one one major move towards this kind of learned helplessness thing and, and relying on experts for everything is is what happened in Scotland is the the Gurfik thing, mm-hmm. yeah. where where I mean the child is going to be used to this person just coming in the house whenever they want to, um, and basically tell them how to live and tell their parents how they should be uh, treating that child, what they, what they should be feeding it, what they should be teaching it, whatever. Yeah. Um, and I, I doubt this is going to stop. It's not going to stop at sixteen or no. No, it's, it's meant to go from, from birth to death, yeah, that, absolutely. It's written, it was, again, it was written about a long time ago, back in the 40s. Uh, many books came out on the, this kind of thing. And uh, Technocracy, Inc., and so on, look that up. Uh, you can get all that. And they, they planned all that all a long time ago. And they looked upon nations that literally didn't have sovereignty. That's why they picked Scotland as a trial for it because they've been beaten down and deculturalized over well, a couple of hundred years uh, so that so their pride was vanquished and so on and as you know and, and Darwin and all his followers have said up to the present time uh, that uh, if you've a defeated people uh, they, uh, who lose their traditions, their culture and so on they turn self-destructive into alcohol, drugs, whatever but they're also the easiest ones then to control because then the state can move in and say well it's necessary we move in because look at the mess you're in and then they can re- recreate that culture so that's what they said they, they, uh, they would use Scotland uh, because of that reason yeah. Well I suppose another thing they've done um, going back to the, the EU I guess is uh, the normalisation of austerity now, yeah. austerity was supposed to be brought in as a, an emergency measure uh, a few years ago, back, what, 2008, 2009, and we've still got it, and it's getting worse and worse and worse. And, but um, it's, it's getting people used to being poor. Well, that's the whole idea. Folks do realise that austere literally means poverty, being poor and scrimping along. Uh, that's the idea. And it also means, you see, it, see, it doesn't mean uh, that there'll be less money flowing uh, up, upwards as it always does and money is a, a, a token for labour that's all it is uh, all wealth comes from labour which is very true Marx said a few things which were actually true uh, and therefore it, it comes to the top and everything flows to the top since they control the money in the first place uh, so uh, y- y- you find that um, all the spending, all the earning money you get, and what used to be called your your spending money for extras or whatever, uh, will go off in the future to paying for water bills, electric bills, energy bills, carbon bills, and so on. You won't have it to buy the, the usual junk from China. Uh, it'll be, it'll go to all these other essential goods and even food, in fact. So the boys at the top, the money still flows to them just as much and even more than ever because you'll be paying maybe 20 times as much for the same things as you are even right now, by the way. It's going to get a lot worse. It's meant to until, as I say, all your, all your spent or disposable income goes into essential goods only yeah. and services. Yeah. yeah. One, one of the definitions of austerity actually says that uh, it's a situation created by government. So, I mean, they, they created the poverty in the first place and then they imposed their policies on you to uh, put you further into, into the mire.
Yeah, well, government is only the puppet of an elite, of course, as you well know, you know. Government has nothing to do with uh, re- real autonomy at all. No. Yeah, and uh, of course another uh, aspect of austerity, and I think I've heard you mention it before, is that it's, it was only ever a term that was ever used in wartime in the past. Yes, it comes with rationing. In fact, uh, a few years back there, the leader of the Green Party in the UK, uh, the woman, I don't know her name, but she said that uh, she said that if only we can get the public back to a, a war time basis of, you know, where the people have to pull together like they did during the Blitz in World War II with rationing and living with meagre rations, meagre conditions, uh, and, and basically poverty, but, but working together and being very obedient to government, uh, then she says we can really rush this whole system through. That she's well aware of what the, what the agenda is, really, you know. So uh, they use all these techniques that we're going through now. That's why we've got anti-terrorism and everything, and you're all getting watched like crazy because you might become, you might wake up as a Muslim tomorrow and be radical. So uh, this, this, this is the kind of nonsense they're pushing. So they need a wartime kind of mentality of imminent threat and danger to push it and ram all of this through, including the GERFEX and all the other things that they're pushing through. This is all one big system going ahead towards a, a definite um, conclusion. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I mean, we talk about the political side of thing and the corporate side of thing. One thing that's been normalised, again, through TV and stuff and uh, news, people being supposedly caught with their hands in the till kind of thing, is political and corporate corruption. And when I was living in Ireland, uh, it seemed to be quite acceptable to people. And uh, they, they thought, well, oh, well, fair play to me, got away with it. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. And just accepting of it, not realising that they're actually stealing money out of their own pockets. That's right. Yep. Uh, again, you, you normalise everything through years and even generations of corruption at the top. until, And then you, at the same time, you're, you understand, we, we used to all have a a basic theme of our religious mor- morality it all came in the West from a, relig- a religious uh, culture from the past, even if you weren't religious yourself. The, ba- the, basic, the basic ideas or tenets of what, what a good culture was came from that, including watching yourself and don't think that or don't do that because it's causing, don't steal and so on, all these things. Uh, it gave you your basic rules and those rules have been demolished along the way as we bring in the whole new system. So there's, you've had generations now without that basic moral teaching. Don't do to you, don't harm your fellow man, basically. Uh, and what you, what you do, your fellow man will come back on you. That's out the window now. And for years too, through Hollywood and everything else, and all this, the uh, the trivia stuff that they're dishing out about um, multi-billionaires and how they made it successfully, and so you know darn well they were all corrupt to get there in the first place. But uh, the the people at the bottom have been taught to admire these people. That's all they all they admire. They only worship, worship you worship and follow the stars in Hollywood because they're stinking rich. Not because they're much as good as an actor or actress, you know. Uh, that's how they've been trained. And so they have that same greed mentality as the ultra-elite have, even though they're down at the bottom almost in the gutter. But uh, uh, So therefore, they don't have a moral background to, give them a, a, to fortify them to personal strength against all of this at all. So therefore, they go along with it and say, yeah, I wish I, I'd do the same thing if I was in that position too. That's what they'll say. Now, when you say that too, you're, you're, you're giving, you're acquiescing to the elite having all the power, which you know, uh, 
uh, and using that power on you if it's if they so desire as a whim or even just slaughtering a whole bunch of you uh, that's their right to do so you're acquiescing to that's a normal system of barbarism and that's the bottom line here like ancient Rome and that's what we're getting brought into right now yeah, I mean, it seems the, the kind of the, the greed culture, if you like, um, it, it's gone right through society, right down to the, the poorest people, you know. And and I, I remember when I was young, it, it seemed to me that the the poorest people were the most honest. They were, yeah. And I'm, I'm and in many ways they still are, but uh, because they have no choice really. Um, but I mean, it comes down to the, the the groups like the TSA stealing pocket change at the airports. Yeah. I mean, it's it's come down to that kind of level. Where people you're supposed to trust yes. will steal off you. Yep. You know, people are supposed to be protecting you'll steal your your iPad or, or whatever as you're taking through the airport, and uh, you'll never see it again. Uh, or it ends up in a, a big warehouse in Alabama where they just sell all your stuff that they supposedly yeah, lost. Right. And, and that, as you know, that's actually happened. They have, they have the site up there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean that that's um, you know you get you get all your luggage scanned at the airport. They know exactly who you are, what passport it's attached to, where you live, and yet they just take it off you and sell it. They, they, they actually, it's an organised crime because uh, the different airports know where to send the stuff they're stealing. And they do have a place down in Alabama, they have a couple of them in the US, uh, for the sale of all these supposedly lost goods in the airports. And they have things there which are one-offs or, or very unique and, and antiques and everything, and even bagpipes, by the way. Now, no, no guy gets in a plane and, and gives up when his bagpipes go missing. and he's, he's going to search and search, but when he's checked him in, he doesn't realise the guy he's checked him into is then immediately eliminated from the computer and then snuck it off into this route down to Alabama. So, uh, it, it's organised crime, and it's, uh, that's a culture you end up with. You understand, the study of what happened in the Soviet Union is so important because... This, the unions, it was a whole conglomerate of countries. It wasn't just Russia, remember. And they were all given the same standardized culture and the elimination of, their, again, their basic tenets of traditional religion. I don't mean worshipping and going to church, but even the morality that came with it. And therefore, at the end of the Soviet Union, um, you'll find that it was, man, it was man, each man for himself that's how they, they survived in the Soviet Union. There was no morality, or should I do this, or should I not do that. There was nothing to hold you back from being corrupt. And so right to the very, down to the very bottom, you end up with this mass of corruption. And it's been well documented, too, and studied uh, by professionals, again, uh, and, and sociology and culture and so on. So uh, our societies become the same way, basically, where if you can get away with it, you'll do it, or you'll try it, or whatever. And the government expects it as well, because in politics, you never see a day gone by from the newspapers where there's not politicians padding their expense accounts and, and going off to brothels or wherever it happens to be. It's, it's the common way it is. And again, that's that, that again, because nothing happens to these politicians, uh, then the ones at the bottom, the ordinary folks say, well, they got away with it. Why shouldn't I try something on a smaller scale and try and get away with it too? But we have no role models anymore, you see. To look up to. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, in terms of the, the politicians fiddling expenses, of, of course, you know, you get people on the on the welfare, um, fiddling their welfare. Same thing, yeah. They've been taught to do it. They've been taught to do it, and the, the loopholes are there to enable mm -hmm. it to happen, so yes. they can do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, you know, I mean, it's, 
if, if you're struggling to to feed your children, that's the only option you've got. I guess that, that's that's what you do, you know. Yes. Yeah. You're you're kind of pushed into that corner. It's dog eat dog. But when you get to dog eat dog, as I say, you're you're actually going into barbarism. And people don't, don't realise that because, as I say, it, it, in barbaric days, the, the elite could simply uh, get out the, the the paid thugs, the armies, whatever you want to call them. It's all the same thing, and they'd round folk up and just kill them. And uh, and the folk who were left said, "Well, you know, they've got the right to do it because they've got the power to do it." And if we get to that stage, we've had it, and and we're getting there. You know. No one cares as long as it's not them that they get gets whacked. They don't care. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, it's just, uh, people don't even peek through the curtains anymore or anything. They just uh, stay behind them and just uh, let everybody get on with their, their own lives and uh, don't care about each other. I mean, there's, they don't care. Um, okay, get, get to the, the family. I mean, the family has changed over the past, well, throughout everybody's lifetime. And now we have all this uh, gay marriage. You've got to respect lesbian, gay, bisexual, transsexual, wh- whatever it may be. Um, and I'm sure you know, ped- there'll, there'll be a P in there somewhere eventually for pedophiles. And, you know, I mean, we're, the, fa- the family is going to be non-existent. That's the ultimate goal. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know what it is about uh, the whole gay, lesbian movement. I, I don't understand the whole thing about gay marriage. I mean, wait, wait till they get down to gay divorce and see how they like it then. Oh, they already have that. We've had it in Canada for quite a few years, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, I mean, on, a, on the grand scale, and uh, people might realise that uh, this marriage thing isn't such a great idea after all. That's, that's, that's the whole thing. It's quite astonishing because uh, the big push again was, was to get the rest of society to accept, supposedly, uh, the normalcy of their situation. Um, and yet, uh, and again, too, for the benefits, as they saw benefits for, for retirement and things like that, where they can get to cheaper taxes and stuff like that. Uh, that that was how it was always pushed for married folk. But in Canada, they found out a few years ago, there's a bit of a stink about it, that it was all a big lie that married folk were getting taxed more than than folk that were just living together. So, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, everything is used here for a different agenda. Again, it's an emotive thing, and it's meant to be emotive, because when big emotive things are pushed into the public, which they don't really understand, uh, they immediately react to hear it in the back of their heads goes up and they, they jump into the fray. And that's what the elite actually want, because the minor, it's such a minority of people at the moment that are doing all of this, uh, and the gay lifestyle and so on, that uh, uh, you'd think it was across the board. The whole point is, no, it's not across the board, but eventually it will be across the board when your children are taught. They're already being taught, by, and they get their counsellors at school. Or, or you haven't tried anal sex, or you haven't tried this, or you haven't tried... Is there something wrong with you? And so they're actually helping to confuse the children and promote these lifestyles, even if they're, they're straight, you see, uh, until there will be no such thing as straight anymore. That's the whole point of it, to destroy everything that, 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 that we always saw, basically, as self-evident or natural with a purpose of nature uh, as to be destroyed and rebuilt as new until it's literally everything's upside down and nothing can be recognized, just like Brave New World. Uh, was was promoted too. If you ever saw the movies, there's different versions of the movies, but they'll promote that same kind of idea that nothing, you know, it's a kind of quaint thing 
to even have said that this discussion, if they're looking back on this discussion, this would be regarded as being quaint and a kind of puzzlement, and they wouldn't condemn it. They'd have, have raised eyebrows like in bewilderment. Why were you, why are we even having this discussion? Because by then everything will be the new normal. You see. And we're, we're almost there, not far from it now. That's where the another ten, fifteen years, and um, all of this will be normal. Yeah. Yeah, I think, and the, the the phrase was everyone, everyone for everyone. I think it was in Brave New World. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, I could never understand why. I mean, I know I know gay people that absolutely abhor it. Is the the gay the gay pride marches, which have yeah. you know you know they've met, morphed into the, the gay, lesbian, bisexual, whatever yeah. uh, predisposition you have, you have, but. I, I, I wonder what would happen if uh, the other the other ninety eight percent of the population got together and had a heterosexual pride march, and they'd be called bigots. Oh yeah, they would. I know. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you expect that. Uh, you understand this is uh, this is a war that's going on. It's very much a war, and it's promoted from the top, not not from the bottom. The top finance it all and, and, and organize it all and give the funding to the organizers and so on. It's all from the top down. Why are all the top uh, international corporations uh, with the masses of money they have giving all this cash out to the NGOs and the foundations that help uh, also fund them? Um, why are they doing that? Uh, I mean, IBM and all the rest of them come out immediately and condemn any uh, uh, homophobic uh, comment or whatever. Or, or uh, You understand? Uh, this technique again didn't even originate from them of, of instantly condemning and, and criticizing. Uh, this is an old technique that has been used before, and there's a, a route to that which is hard to even to get into, uh, if not completely taboo. But uh, these are the techniques that are used to promote all of that. If you just have a, a, an ordinary, if you're asked an honest opinion about something and you give an honest opinion with no emotional anger or anything showing, uh, you'll still be condemned as a homophobic or, or a racist or something. There's always a term to, to, to condemn you with. And these terms are meant to do that. It was like the old anti-Semitic thing. You know, as soon as someone shouted anti-Semitic, no matter what you were talking about, or what the topic was, uh, that was enough to shut you up, or they called you Nazi. Well, the same techniques now have come into all of these, and it's critical condemnation. The term itself, the slogan, is put on you uh, during a rational talk or argument, um, and that, that shuts you up. You're condemned, tried, and convicted, even though it had nothing to do with what you were talking about or the subject or anything else. <laughs> this is a war technique, you see, yeah. Yeah, I remember talking to a greenie at one of these uh, Agenda 21 things, and the subject to the Queen came up, and I said, well, how do you, how'd you like standing in the gutter with your Union Jack waving at a German? And she said, oh, you're racist. I said, I never said anything against Germans. I mean, maybe it's because the flag was made in China, yeah. <laughs> yeah, possibly. Okay, um, I, I guess the, we'll finish off on the, the latest uh, thing that's supposed to be normalised, and that's the, the legalisation of cannabis worldwide, it seems. Uh, many of the states here have now legalised it, and uh, I think the UK is talking about it. And I, I spoke to people, and I think, do you, do you really think that the government cares whether you get cannabis or not, unless they're supplying it? Well, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I mean, the thing is, too, you got to remember that everybody in society, uh, it's, it's, like, it's like the topic of cops, why are so many cops kind of bad today and, and violent and so on? 
they were pulled out of the same society that have had the same indoctrination and violence in movies and so on as the rest of the population. Well, so are your politicians. They're pulled out of the same milieu of the general population as we've all had our conditioning and we've had years since the, the 60s speeding up with dope and, and drugs and so on. And believe you me, the ones who go into politics are more psychopathic, so they definitely are into all of these things because they enjoy anything that gives them a kick uh, and a buzz. So they're more, they're bigger users than the general population. Uh, the higher you go, you'll find that, you know. So, uh, no, they don't give a damn really about the actual topic itself. Um, if they could personally profit through, because they do, they allowed shares in any government companies that get formed or agencies, and they get foreknowledge of, of uh, what's getting put down the pike. Yeah, they'll all be for it. All the politicians will definitely be for it if they can get into it and get shares in the companies that sell it all, yeah. Well, I, I, the first thing that struck me was that uh, the big companies like Monsanto will be growing this stuff and it'll be GM uh, because they know there's a big market for it. Well, most of the stuff now is GM anyway because the U.S. military uh, altered it all back in the, the late 60s into super strength marijuana, you know. So uh, most of it is already GM, yeah. Okay, we've got, what, five minutes left. What, what do you see as the, the new things coming down the line that they're going to try and push in the next five years, say, ten years? There's so much to push right now because it's it's, uh, it's everything. It's, it's monetary, it's amalgamations of monetary systems into global systems, which are already set up. They only have to get the, enough crises to, to bring themselves forward as the global manager of money. That's the Bank for International Settlements. That was planned for 100 years. And um, uh, that's one thing. And then along with that comes the new management bureaus, of managing us into austerity. Well, if lots of entertainment is going to austerity, that'll be kept fairly cheap and so on. And in fact, even the welfare folk will be given all the, the electronic gadgets to make sure they get their entertainment because that's a good teat to suck on. It isn't just to keep you off in la-la land, it's also for indoctrination and updating you like a computer and your political correct ideas, which you, what you should now think is normal and what you should now not, not condemn, etc., etc. So as we go down the tubes, you get lots of, of, of even more entertainment than you have right now, in fact. So you've got that on the go. You've got uh, the educational system in the West now is, is literally... Uh, it's it's so substandard to, 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 if you compare it to China, for instance. Uh, and there's many reasons for that, too. But it was, it was designed to go down the tubes because you can't have an intelligent, well-informed, and, pe- and people taught logic and reason in education. You can't have a population like that and control them completely. So we don't have, we're not taught logic and reasoning uh, in school at all. I haven't had that for a long time and most of the schooling systems. So we're, we're taught emotive topics and social engineering and, and so on and so on. And, and they're all still given passes. But they can't use those passes and those grades and certificates uh, in many other countries like China or even Japan because they still have strong cultures. And with strong cultures, they do have pride. And with pride comes the family tradition, they have very strong family traditions. And they will succeed as we go down the tubes more and more so, and it's all designed that way too for a while. Uh, uh, the Chinese themselves, their whole system at the top, uh, is totally in bed with the, the global elitists, the ancient elitists of the West, 
Uh, in fact, the ancient leaders of the West still control the financial system within China. So um, they're not worried about China taking over as such, but they will be the, the, eventually the, the new global police force, maybe another 20 years' time. And uh, in fact, the Royal Institute of International Affairs uh, came out and said that back in 1937, eventually China would be the policeman of the world after America uh, burned itself out with all of his debt. So I guess uh, our new normality will be, you know, we won't have, we don't have to have a, a Chinese takeaway anymore. It'll be that'll be normal fare on the shelves of the supermarkets. And uh... well, they, that's why they had that. So, you know, they had that and. and uh, uh, Blade Runner and, and other movies like that, this idea of the future and perpetual rain and so on with weather modification. It wasn't pollution, it was weather modification. And, uh, and, and Chinese takeaways everywhere because uh, the biggest export isn't just the, the, the products from China because they are the manufacturer of the world. They were set up to be so by the West, not by us, but I say, hate even saying the term West, but the, the one, our owners basically set up China to be the manufacturer of the planet. But uh, China also is one of the largest exporters of people. And even in generations and across Indonesia and so on, they are still the top businessmen, have been for centuries there. So when they leave China, they're still Chinese, even if they've never, even if in 10 generations on, they've never been to China, they still have Chinese citizenship and they're strongly traditionalist and, and very proud of their culture and their people. Uh, they're ethnocentric, and, and the ethnocentric groups that are very strong in their cultures are the ones who succeed. Individualistic societies like the West, who, who basically evolve through the northern climates and so on, are completely different. We can't pool our resources. We don't like to form massive combinations of people. Uh, we're more individualistic, so, and uh, we're more easygoing with family. What do you want to be? Be what you want to be when you grow up. Yeah? The, uh, the, the Orient's very, very different, and um, the Far East, the Occidental people. So you'll find that uh, strong family traditions and culture are the ones who win in, in the end, including the ones that rule the West, by the way. Yeah. Okay, Alan. Uh, we've done our, our hour. Um, Thanks very much for your time again and uh, an interesting debate going on in the chat box about a number of the topics you've brought up. Um, we'll have you back again next month and uh, just stay on the line a minute. We'll uh, yeah. talk after the show. Sure enough. Thanks for listening, folks.